What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 10th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to talk a little more sneakers, and we'll talk some actual NBA news here. We've got the July 31st start date. We've got a lot of information on when everything's going to kind of get going, and we've got a new guest slash co-host on the pod, uh, a shoe drafter right behind me. I loved his draft. and wanted to bring him on. Yul Collins, what's up, man? What up, Mike? How you doing? Pretty good, man. Getting excited about the NBA coming back and digging into some stats. And it was kind of nice to get back in that routine uh, to get this pod going. It was fun doing the shoe draft, but anyone who knows me knows uh, I'm at my happiest when I talk about fantasy. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, knowing you as long as I've known you on the digital landscape, man, <laughs> you, you you the mock king and... <laughs> The amount of times I've been in some mocks, it's some random mocks three months out of the season. I'm like, yo, are we mocking already? So definitely understand the sympathy and the, and the return of normalcy with the season. For sure. And Steve had mentioned, we had Steve on last week to talk sneakers. And he even said, like, I kind of wish I had, or, you know, someone was on to talk more about sneakers rather than, like, what Steve had focused on, his 80s, his Adidas forums, top 10s. And there were just so many mm-hmm. sneakers that I feel like didn't get enough love. So that's one of the main reasons why I wanted to have you on here to talk about your draft, which I thought was killer, man. I mean, you had such a good mixture of, you know, the the classics and like the the hip hop vibes and just everything, and just I, I just loved your draft so much. I appreciate it, man. I um I am a sneakerhead of a certain era. I don't consider myself a sneakerhead nowadays, nowadays because I'm not waiting in line for the the newest <laughs> releases of whatever shoe that's come out. But there was a golden era where I grew up where sneakers was everything it was prestige depending on what subculture you were into you gravitated towards a certain sneaker nowadays it's a different mindset when people go out for sneakers it's you know the aesthetic the person behind the shoe obviously jordans dominate year to year in year year round of the premier sneaker for the the collector out there but um i tried to come with a different approach when i when i went into my draft for sure though yeah, I was a little salty. I didn't get the Jordan 13 Flints that came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, I was like, I'm not going to cop because I wanted to, you know, save money and all this and that. But I was like, so I didn't. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise. But um, so your first pick, I thought it was a surprise. Uh, I love the Penny one. You took, you had the second pick, and you took the Penny ones uh, over Jordan threes, Jordan ones, foams, which is my second favorite shoe. So was it? Um, what was your rationale behind taking Penny ones? Well, going into the draft, I know I didn't, I didn't know everybody. I knew a, a certain amount of people from Twitter, but obviously, if you collect the shoes, everybody's got their favorite Jordan. So I basically went into this with a punt approach. However, I did say if one of two or one of two shoes from either Kobe Bryant, which were the Kobe Nines, or the Jordan Sixes, which was the my first introduction to Jordan. Um, the, the 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 Jordans with the two holes in the tongue. Yeah. Those are my all time favorite Jordans. I said, okay, if they're still on the board at a certain ADP. Yes, I had an ADP for sneakers. <laughs> That's um, so if they were there, I would grab them. If they were gone, it made my picking a lot easier, and it gave me much more to work with on the board of the in between. Do I want to pick this or that? It made my decisions a lot easier, especially in the first round. I was going contrarian. I was reaching you could call it reaching but those who know nah. who from a certain era would understand like okay that shoe was premier and i feel like my first two picks i think i got the best shoes that represented each of those players yeah very mid 90s is uh, you and i pretty much you had you kind of went away from it a bit with the keds and the superstars but you were mostly like me 
going. I'm drafting as many mid '90s Nikes as I can. Um, yeah, I, I have. I mean, the LeBron ones are almost. They're, you know, they're 2000. What 2004, three. Um, yeah. yeah. So that was that. Uh, that was my only like non '90s pick. I, that's my, that's when I that's when I really fell in love with sneakers too. So, but uh, you, you, so you right. passed on your Jordan sixes three times though because you went with the Barclays yeah. and then you went with the Flight Hirachis, which uh, as you mentioned. Like Hirachi Ultras are my jam, dude. They're one of my favorite sneakers to wear, just kind of you know out and about. We've had to run errands, and I don't want to wear something too flashy. They're so comfy. I I am a huge. Uh, I I like to say Warache <laughs> in Spanish. Um, so I'm a huge Warache fan, and I grew up wearing the cross trainer Warachés. However, when I saw that. Obviously, the Fab. We grew up in a Fab Five era, and they were like the coolest thing. And they had the baggy shorts. And each year they had a like a different shoe. They even rocked the Charles Barkleys at one point. Yeah. The, the Air Maxes. But I remember seeing the the Waraches in that colorway, and the whole the whole team unity shoe thing in college was so dope to me. Yeah. And so I, I saw that as like a, I gravitated towards that because they represented me. But then when I saw Pippin. What rocking him is one of his first shoes. I was like, "Yo, yeah. the arguably the second best player at that time was wearing one of the premier shoes." I was like, "I have to get this," and I didn't think my the drafters outside of a few people knew about that shoe. I probably could have waited to draft at that shoe, but I wanted I don't it so think bad. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't. I think yeah. that. I mean, I think. Well, even like you mentioned the penny ones. I don't think the penny ones would have would have really slipped too far. I don't think they would have made it back to you. But um, and no, the Barclays, too. Ones, yeah, like you, you, I love all those Barclays. Yeah, but the flat of watch, what I chase, maybe would have slid. However, it, I, I didn't come at no sacrifice for my round four pick. Yeah, I think that um, Tommy, because Tommy picked the picked the penny twos. He's kind of in the same age range as us, so he he may have taken them, but um, he would have had two cracks at them. But he took the Pumas too. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it was obviously a great pick. But yeah, you had my favorite pick of the draft. In round four, I won- and you and I were chatting. And I was like, "Yo, I can't believe you're gonna get the freaking Zoom Flight 95s." And that shoe was—I had that shoe. It was honestly one of my favorite shoes I've ever had in my life. Well, knowing you being a Jordan head, I was like, "Well, he's gonna get obviously he's gonna get a Jordan 11, which is Michael Jordan's favorite <laughs> shoe outside of the the three, I think, the Jordan three Jordan likes, or he, he likes two versions of his shoe, like yeah. his favorite shoes." So you weren't letting the Jordan 11 slip, obviously. Yeah, I and gave myself the first them. pick to draft those. So. Obviously. So, and rightfully so. You put in a lot of work to make the draft happen. Um, but you did have a decision to make with the Jordan 13s in the phone, phone pocket. No decision so. made. No decision needed. I knew exactly what I was taking. doesn't matter yeah. which order I was taking. I knew if – that's like I said, uh, foams are my second favorite shoe over the thir- over the 13s. 13s okay. are my second favorite Jordan. I'm I, Obviously, I'm – Fading Jordan threes and even the ones. Uh, I have a pair of wheat ones that are super dope, but uh, yeah, I, I'm I just love the thirteens, man. Like obviously the the season, uh, obviously the last shot was with the fourteens, but it's just it's one of my favorite shoes. They're they're a pretty dope low too. I have a couple lows. I have the the black lows, the the Charlotte Hornet lows, and I love those sneakers, man. Um, great, real. They're you know just really one of the better constructed basketball shoes. I feel like. Uh, and they're real, real stylish. I know you being a hip hop head, Murs, uh, he said back in when there were 23 Jordans, he had said out of 23, 13 was the hottest. If it's rare and it goes on your foot, then I got it. Uh, shouts to Murs. Uh, <laughs> that that always sticks with me whenever I, whenever I rock my 13s. So 
I always tell people, 1 through 13, after that, mm. it's Basura. Maybe you can make <laughs> an argument for what the Zions that... Zions are dope. Dude, there's um a new Rui Hachimura PE out for the third. They look sick. Like they're pot. Those in the Bayou Boys are pretty dope too, but the Rui Hachimuras are really nice. Okay. Okay, then, then I, I stand corrected. Yeah, I'm with you though. Like other than I think the 31s are like okay cuz they kind of had a little bit of a retro style. Those are cool, but yeah, like 15s are whack all the way the the 14s are, are super whack. Um, they got drafted. Wait, are the 14, 14s are the ones that look like the Batmobile? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, they're um they're the last shot ones, the ones he had just for that game. Which you know we talked about this on the last dance pod. Like someone was complaining about the 13 sliding too much, and then he comes out with those for really just one. Oh game. no no no! I, I'm thinking of the 15s. The ones. Oh yeah, the, yeah uh, with the with the high. Those yeah, look yeah, like yeah. the Batmobile. Yeah, yeah, with the, like the it's kind of like. Like extra space on the top of it, like for your, I don't even know what that's there for, but there, no, no one, one drafted that. those, thankfully. Yeah, thankfully. They, those, they would have been roast. I would have roasted them, but um, yeah, yeah. You took um, a lot Jason of people wanted the command and, force. Uh, well, you took the dunks too. I mean, you were surprised. I was surprised to see them fall. Yes, dunks. Very. Ver- I mean, anybody, obviously in the skate scene, uh, and in the hoop scene, college hoop scene. So I fell in yeah. love with dunks from the college era. The team dunks were like premier for like the, the Big East, Syracuse. You'd see, I think Kentucky had a, a version of it at one year. However, now dunks in popular culture, me being a B-boy, uh, just in, ingrained in the street culture, dunks blew up. I mean, it went outrageous. Anybody just Google pigeon dunk and see the hype behind that shoe. Um, but – as has a, a a shoe like that that was made from Nike to be so versatile. I use them for dancing. I use them for skating. I use them for styling, and to have them sit there, and that would that was my utility pick because there was no player associated with it. So again, I went into this draft because based on the rules, each shoe represented the position. So Penny was a shooting guard, Jordan shooting guard, LeBron's a small forward. I was trying to fill out my roster, so I got my shooting guard, my power forward, my small forward, my point guard. Now I was trying to get a center. And Tommy snuffed me because <laughs> I waited for the Blazers of the next round. And I said, I'm going to just grab the dunks because of the popularity. Everybody knows what a dunk is. If I let these slide, I'm going to be in my feelings. So I made yeah. sure I grabbed the dunks and I was going to follow that with, with, follow that up with the Blazers. But Tommy sniped me from the heavens. Being I should have known he's on brand. NYC dude. He grabbed yeah. the four ones. That should have gave me the indication like, okay, he's I see where he's going. Puma Clyde's force ones, Blazers. Staple New York shoes. Yep, absolutely. I, I was surprised that the Air Force Ones. I'm not a big Air Force Ones guy, but they should have went first round, man. Like Air Force Ones are a total icon, hip hop status. I mean, you can't go, you can't listen to albums in the '90s and not hear Air Force Ones like one out of every 15-ish songs. I want to say. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it didn't. It didn't start with Nelly. <laughs> no, it did not start with Nelly, which I, I get very upset about too. Uh, you know, a lot of. Cameron calls them out the Air Force ones all the time. So I've listened to a lot of Cameron, as, as you know, over the last couple of weeks. But um, yeah, what um, I actually heard a Pistol Pete reference uh, on a hip hop track recently on R.A. the Rugged Man. He called it uh, the Pro Keds. Um, very graphic album. If um, don't let your kid listen to that. But um, yeah, but a very good album though. Very good. Yes, very good too. Um, so what you and then the Adidas Superstars too. So you went kind of. Those were your ones where you kind of veered away from the 
90, well, dunk sort of, but the 90s culture, um, you had to go with some some pro cads and some superstars, which, again, I, w- I was shocked nobody took the superstars. That I was, Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, that's good. I was going to say, um, yeah, I'm surprised they lasted that long. Um, the Adidas Superstars is iconic for a new... Numerous reasons. One being, it's a social. It's like the iconic shoe for hip hop. Anybody that knows Run DMC, they kind of made that uh, shoe popular and invite and, and and they worked in conjunction with each other. However, I am also within the hip hop culture. I come from the breaking culture, and we all rocked Adidas and Pumas. So Pumas or Adidas was on my list, but as a late pick. But when I looked into the shoe itself, I didn't know it was the signature shoe for Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. And I just watched the 30 for 30 on ESPN about Bruce Lee and just watching Kareem and him go at it just made it even much more <laughs> doper to make that pick. Um, but, yeah, I was surprised Dr. Uh, Do- Dr. A didn't grab that shoe because he was on a super 80s, early 90s hype tip. And I was like, oh, this shoe is still there and no yeah. one's take, no one's talking about it. So that gave me an indication of the age demographic as well as when they were drafting. Because a lot of Jordans, a lot of LeBrons, a lot of Ky- Kyrie's went in the first round, which was crazy to me. But that's neither here nor there. But to see yeah. both those shoes, the Adidas Superstar and right after I followed it with the Pistol Pete Keds, those are more of a B-boy hip-hop pick for me. And a streetwear pick because the Pistol Pete Keds, I saw the Chucks go, I gravitated towards the Keds because the Keds looked aesthetically more pleasing to the eye, in my opinion. Yeah, there and there were a lot of shoes that were, you know, classics, you know, that, like a lot of other ways, like uh, Ian, who dropped, dropped, dropped the Kyries, which everyone's roasting, but he took the Matumbos, he could have taken the Superstars right there, you know, there's a lot of other opportunities, I wasn't sure, and I put them on there, I, it's not like it was an oversight on my part, they were on the sheet. So uh, yeah, I was I was really and I was going all Nike all the way. So they were pretty much not eligible to be drafted for me because um, I, I refused to to draft anything other than Nikes. But um, yeah, that was a huge surprise to me. And then you had a couple. So I, just to give you behind the curtain, I would have for sure drafted the Air Max Sensations, but I drafted the Air Max Ninety Five Up Tempos, which I thought they're very similar. For, I had both those, and they fit kind. Of, well, actually, I didn't have I didn't have the Sensations, but my friend did. And mm-hmm. um, they had a kind of a similar fit. They had like the elastic along the tongue, and they just kind of had the same kind of structure. You know, obviously the color schemes were a little bit different, but the sensation was such a dope shoe. It's such a for a big man. It was one of the kind of sleeker. You know, so many like the command forces and so many other big men shoes besides the Barclays were like you know typical. Like you look at that shoe, like oh that's a big man shoe, but um, yeah. the sensations weren't really like that. So before we get into that, uh, you made a pick controversial because you made the the glove pick right the yeah. round five and aesthetically i was i was talking up the ramen indestructs and you were like ah, oh I yeah like i hate I that shoe like, hate that shoe so so i was looking at the make the pick of the glove pick and i was like ah, it's kind of got the same aesthetic it's kind of off a little bit and it's kind of different so that's why i was kind of thrown off when you made that pick when we were going back and forth yeah. text about the 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 Rodman and I was I was in my feelings when the Rodman got taken because I thought I thought it was a shoe that was ahead of its game with the side uh, the shoestrings on the side. However, getting back to the um, Air Max Sensations, um, that was a shoe where one I was a huge. This is when I was like rooting for Golden State when they had the coolest squad of Tim Hardaway, uh, Sprewell, Chris Webber, that young squad. That got put out in the first round, I guess, against the the Charles Barkley Suns, right? Yeah. 
But I remember that iconic Nike commercial where they're in the barbershop and, and Rover says, you know, uh, Barkley told me he didn't he didn't have any role models, but he, you're mine when he dunked on him. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So when this shoe came out, I worked my summer butt off. <laughs> like my little small check that I got for the summer uh, youth program, I took that, went straight to the mall and bought both pairs in, or the shoe in both colorways because I knew I needed these shoes to last me the whole school year. That's how it was when we were growing up. Yeah. You, had, you, buy, you buy some shoes, they're going to last, and you had to take them off when you went outside to play outside <laughs> of school. So yep. there is no feeling in the world going to your school and then showing off your fresh sneakers, and I was definitely going to show off those. Yep, I was in the same way. I had a, I, I, I used to shovel uh, snow in the wintertime. And when I was a kid, and I would make so much for a kid that was, you know, making even two hundred, even like you know, under thirteen, fourteen, making a hundred bucks a week is like dope. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I had once that happened, my shoe game went up hardcore, dude. Like before that, there were so many guys I was so jealous. I was like, yo, you got those? How? There were two kids in my grade that always, always had the flies kicks. And like the next, like the the day that Levens came out, I think I was, I wonder, it was, I was still pretty young. But like he had him, and like it was seriously every time. And I was good friends with one of them, and uh, I was like so mad. So it was almost like that drove me to like shovel more snow and, and get, oh, yeah. get more dough. I well, was well, so def- jealous. Well, def- yeah. well, definitely, man. there's nothing like. I understand why Jordan now switched his shoes up every game. There's no yeah. feeling greater than a new a new sneaker feeling and putting on yeah. those fresh Johns. And going out in public yeah. is dope. It's and then getting your shoes stepped on is one of the saddest moments of your life. So, especially <laughs> all white sneakers getting stepped on. And just to give me, um, the Zoom gloves was more of a personal thing for me because my friends yeah. roast me with those. Like, yeah. every time I rock them, I get roasted. It's almost like, okay, hey, I'm doing a sneaker draft and I'm still drafting them. So, no, all, no. My, all my friends who, who who wanted to roast me, I'm st- it obviously didn't affect me. Uh-uh. So, it was no. more for, for myself. No, it was just funny that I like I have no problem with the pick. It was just that when we had talked about the industry, you were just yeah. like, "Nah, I'm not feeling those." Well, it's a little cleaner. The they have like the side, like the stitching across. I didn't really like all that, and the swoosh is yeah. kind of like more up. I like it where it's kind, it kind of fits on the glove, and I love they have they have this little ankle support, like kind of hard plastic that like I I don't know, it just it fit great when um I would play in those too, and uh, indoors only, but um. Yeah, I just that that shoe was just one of my favorite shoes to play in too when I was younger. I had two regrets from this draft. One, I didn't grab a phone posit because I, yep. we offline I showed you a picture of the Woo phone posits. Yeah, I love this. I saw. I, I am a fan of the phone posits. And two, I forgot the air raids. Yeah, that was a. I, I so I had, we talked about this off. I, air raids. I always thought they were a cross trainer because I used to cop basketball and I had. Um, the blue and uh, blue and black joints. If you, you can Google them, but it basically has an X of Velcro on the, on the front. They're super heavy. Um, you know, I, I didn't consider them basketball shoes, but apparently they did kind of cross over. I may have missed that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tim Hardaway was the uh, signature player for that shoe, and um, it came out a prevalent time because I think Spike Lee was wearing them, and Malcolm makes the movie. It came out, and so that all had a tie-in and. You know, especially what's going on right now. Yeah. That shoe at the time was super prevalent, and I bought them in gold and black, and it had like the African designs or the stitching on the side. It was it was a pretty cool shoe, iconic shoe. And I, at the time, I was a huge Tim Hardaway fan. The UTEP step and mm-hmm. what is it, Lakers versus Lakers versus Blazers or Lakers versus Celtics? That was a signature move, man. You had to have that shoe, that that game, and and rock with Timmy Hardaway. I was a fan, so I that was one of my regrets not picking that shoe. Also, I had another shoe. 
that I thought was a basketball shoe, yep. but it was really a cross trainer. So. Go ahead. You can. Which one? Oh, my God. I can't even think of the name. But the, Wasn't it Red Octobers? It Since you went to Red Octobers? No, it was the – it wasn't the Red Octobers. It was a um, – it was a uh, – um, I think it was a version of a Warache. And it, it kind of oh, looked yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. Air, uh, the Nike Air Unlimited. And they have a future version of it that is a basketball shoe. But when that shoe came out, it was really a cross trainer who used to rock it was Jerry Rice because they have 49er colors. Yeah. So technically it was like kind of that junior sale mode. You know how some players wore <laughs> football sneakers on the basketball court? Like I, I used to play in my junior sales because they were light. Or yeah. the Barry Sanders or the Deion Sanders. I would play basketball in them. But they technically wasn't a basketball shoe. And I was trying my hardest to find any pictures or any images of that, <laughs> that shoe being referenced as a basketball shoe or it being on the court. And the only person I heard through rumor on a Reddit uh, uh, thread was KG. But they, I have no evidence of that. So I just left it off my list. Yeah, and I, I had to push back on you because I, I had every shoe confirmed. And I didn't mm. want the second to last pick be, you know, kind of not sketchy, but, you know, not proven no no so fair, yeah i was fair. like i hate to be a jerk about it but it's like ah, i no, can't really have it's but. fair it, it's a it's a fair assessment I, I i live with it and i had a backup pick but i wish my backup pick would have been air raid yeah. but i went with the david robinson nike air unlimited he scored 71 points against the clippers that that season in those shoes so i was like and that shoe was also using as a fab five team shoot as yeah. well yeah that was dope i took the i had uh two foams and the Zoom Foot 96 penny rocked in the Olympics. So that was kind of my, my penny covered, even though the foam posit pros aren't really pennies. But I had to take a, a true penny, even the little penny posit, which isn't really a dope shoe. But it's a little penny, man. <laughs> so, uh, the the best, best basketball sneakers commercials of all time. Facts. Facts. Yeah, no question. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So if your team translated to statistical strengths, what would you? What would your team be uh, strong at? Scoring, steals, blocks. I need three point shooters. Bad. <laughs> I don't know. None of my guys are really great three point shooters. But uh, yeah, I mean, a couple Jordans, LeBron's obviously the goat. But yeah, if we were drafting like actual skill sets for players, it's funny nobody drafted Curry's at all. Yeah, I think only one Harden, no Dames. Uh, no Westbrooks. Uh, Chris Paul is only one of them. I think the Chris Paul Jordans are pretty dope, by the way. Um, yeah, it was not a lot of you know new players getting drafted here, and most of these people are you know upper upper mid twenties to forties, and Steve's a little bit older. But um, yeah, it was it was interesting. But I, I didn't I, that that thought didn't go through my head like how my team fits. I was just drafting shoes that I really liked a lot. No, and you set the rules clear yeah. and uh after the superstar pick i was leaning towards maybe uh hibachi adidas or the Derek rose adidas or even the dame luge or even the uh i was actually looking at the the, the jason tatum nikes they look the ad- no i was surprised nobody drafted the adapts man yeah they, they, i almost took them last cool. yeah i like those shoes so um but i wanted to go with classics i had a theme i'm of a certain age and i was like okay if i'm gonna keep this going i'm just gonna go with what i remember when I was coming up as a, a a youth in the '90s, so these these shoes hold weight. They're they're not a true representation of all the shoes. Because if this was a true sneaker draft outside of hoops, then yeah. I would have a whole different list. Oh, However, the, the one caveat about sneakers or hoop sneakers is that they also have to look good with jeans. Not all mm-hmm. sneakers look good with jeans, and that went into my picks as well. Same, yeah. A lot of some of them are like so weird, man. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, most of mine, I mean, all the shoes I copped, I feel like you could definitely wear. 
um, with like I, even just shorts or with jeans or whatever. Yeah, I didn't know Delhi had a shoe. Somebody, I was shocked. I was like, wow. Dude, yeah, Ian Ian was out there, man. He took the Kyrie's in the first round. He got uh, the early voting here for who people voted on the teams. He's not doing too hot. Him and Steve aren't doing too hot, which isn't surprising. That's kind of how I expected it. But um, the Ian, uh, so he, I, I said this on the last pod, like when Ian picked the Kyrie threes, and I didn't really know much about him other than he's like the man for writing about football. Yeah. I was like, uh oh, did I just <laughs> did, should I pick somebody else? But he, I mean, he drafted pretty well. I feel like besides no, he, the the, he... the bookends, like drafting the Delis, which he said because he's a Cavs fan, like that was why, and he just wanted to draft Lonzo because you know I don't for whatever reason. But those those shoes are super whack too. Well, yeah, uh, uh, we'll see where Lonzo goes. Hopefully, he gets a, a better shoe deal. But his Matumbo pick was dope because I think I thought Matumbos were dope, even though most, not too many center shoes are really great. I think the KGs, it, okay, Air Force Ones withstanding. I think the Nike KG version is probably like on center shoe sneakers. ADP is like number two best sneaker for a big man out there. I could be wrong. But the Matumbo is up there. The Shacks are up there. The first version of Shacks are up there. Yeah. Um, who else is out there? The Ewings. I mean, you got to be a New York guy to like Ewings. I remember the yeah. new Ewings came out in mad different colorways, and, and it was flavorful. But when they first came out, nobody was really feeling them, and they had a renaissance. But as long as nobody picked Carl Malone at L.A. Gears, I'm fine. Yeah, <laughs> nobody picked Nobody picked or the Apex ones. No. no yeah, a lot, a, lot of, a lot of those off... Nobody picked the Spreewells. Nobody picked like the Super the Dada Webers. Nobody really was feeling the like, oh my God, what are those vibes? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, uh, somebody who picked the what is it? Is it the answer or the question? The one with the red tip? The the um, the force. The Allen Iversons. The, yeah, yeah. So that you, I, I wanted to pick. Oh, you're talking about the question ones, yeah. Question ones, right? Yeah. So it was a a, a bi coastal thing. The West Coast had the blues and, and the East Coast had the reds. And it was hard to get either side to grab the other shoe unless you had a hookup or something. So when they first came out, huh. all we saw were the, the question ones with the blue tips and not the red tips. And we always wanted the red tips. So I almost made a conscious decision to make that one of my top three picks just because how exclusive that shoe was for the red tip to be on the West Coast when I was living out here. So it was crazy to see that go so late too. Yeah, a lot of people had those uh... – Come to think of it, yeah, there were a lot of red tips when I was, and I mentioned this on the last pod. The question one was the I've been on Nike pretty much since I've been old enough to make a decision on buying sneakers, mm-hmm. and the only shoe that I almost bought was those. Like I oh. thought those were those were sick, but uh, the, I, I went out the the Fila, the Grand Hill first Fila's, the uh, Allen Iversons, and of later in line, later down the line in my life when I was breaking were like Adidas, but basketball shoes, Allen Iverson and and, and Grand Hill. Had me jump off Nike shit for a for a hot time. <laughs> yeah, and um, you mentioned this. So I want like I workshopped this for a little bit, and I wanted to do like I love Air Max ninety sevens, ninety fives, even ninety eights. The the cork ones I think are pretty dope. And there's so many like we we talked about the diamond turfs in the last edition. Yeah, there's so many non basketball sneakers that like I wanted to draft, but I just thought this was kind of the the cleanest way to not have issues and have like because I thought about like high top, low top. Um, you know, cross trainers, cleats. Mm-hmm. I thought about doing it like that for positions, but I thought this definitely and it, it no hitches. Like we didn't have any other than your your last like oh is this guy eligible? It was like seriously without a hitch. It was kind of crazy how smooth this went. 
That that and and that was the cool part about it. I remember you posted a picture and you speaking of other shoes, and I noticed you had the Griffies, a premier shoe. <laughs> yes, dude, I wear those. I wear those to Mariner Spring Training games. I it's I get more compliments from that shoe on those days than any of the shoes I wear. That was crazy about that shoe. It's it's a bulky shoe, but it's just it just looks amazing. Like it's a great looking shoe. So I remember seeing those shoes come out, and we used to rock it with the. Um, the strap, Velcro strap, unattached. Uh-huh. So when your jeans hung on it, the strap <laughs> would kind of make your jeans look a certain way. Oh, man, such a cool shoe. That's so, awesome. Props to you for having those. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's change gears. Uh, I want to talk some fantasy. we got um, a lot to talk about here from just news. we got a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, we got the date mentioned in the open. And it's. I do want to mention this, though. Florida has a 14-day trend of increasing COVID cases by 66%. So we need to get that down. Um, and then even Matt Barnes and some players talked about even boycotting the NBA to f- focus on improving race, race relations in America is certainly justified, and that would get a lot of attention on it. But, um, yeah, uh, it looks like we're going to be going down. We got we got the plan here, um, you know, three family members in at a time, this and that. Lock, lock it down. You know, you can't leave the bubble. No sneaking out to check out the Avatar ride. Um, any <laughs> sort of big-picture thoughts on how you think this is going to go? As smooth as the players are well allowed to go. Um, no one's going to be checking everybody every time. I'm sure most of the superstars will be kind of lock and key that are critical to each mm. team. But, you know, who's to say that the the ninth man on the bench is going out, sneaking out? Who knows? You know, we don't know how safe, how up-to-date are the standards are right now uh, being preemptively cautious with COVID-19 and it's another thing that when we, we start to watch games with no fans and how's that going to happen. I mean, I'm kind of interested to, to hear, like, street-level trash talking yeah. with the, if the mics are on. So that's one caveat, but I'm not in favor of the fans. Uh, uh, fake fan noise. Mm-hmm. I just, I'd rather just hear the players go at it. And um, it, is a, it is a concern with the player's safety. Like, how well are we going to be – like, how well the, uh, the, 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 the precautions are in place to have these players – be able to play a game and not have anything else on their mind and you know do we have enough resources available i'm sure the nba does have enough money to make sure it tries to run as smoothly as possible but you know there are those back those thoughts in the back of my mind i'm sure in the black of players minds especially the the people that are critical for each team to make sure they're in a safe position to go out with the season yeah and they're gonna do no more of the 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 nose swab where they have to stick a huge thing to you know i'm sure you've seen the video now they're going to be able to get like mouth swabs and nose ones that are just kind of up the nostril rather than like through your whole head. Um, so that'd be good because I mean that would be terrible to do that every day. Um, on top of you know get it, making sure you're in peak physical shape and all that, this and that. So speaking of peak physical shape, uh, I wanted to lead with <laughs> Nikola Jokic has a four pack according to Jamal Murray. Mike Malone also said he's in shape. So if case you forgot, uh, let me remind you. The first 19 games from Jokic to the last 46. So first 19, he was 15, 10, and 6 on 24 usage and 51.3 true shooting. Compare that to his last 46 when he was in shape. 22, 10, and 7. 28 usage rate, 64 true shooting. So 4% boost, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 13% boost in true shooting. Almost a 4% usage rate increase. You know, adding seven points a game, another dime per game, um, just a whole different player. He had additional ten touches per game um, when he was in the, in the last forty-six compared to the first nineteen. So he's even said he played himself into shape. Do, do you buy uh, Denver being kind of a title contender? I know you're a Lakers guy. 
Yeah, no, Denver, I mean, Denver is dangerous. Uh, I went to a Denver game last year before we had the addition of AD, and they molly LeBron <laughs> team. And so, like, I, I respect Denver. Um, the thing about Denver is I always say they look good in the, in the season, and they don't really show up. But that's been, like, the staple of Denver throughout the years. Hmm. Really good, good regular season team, in my opinion. When they get to the playoffs, well, it really matters. They never really get past that, like, that that heel. Um with Jokic, in fantasy, as a savvy savvy uh, owner, I was trying to grab Jokic wherever I could when people were disappointed in his uh, early season struggles. And anybody that knows, knows I relate Jokic as the modern-day Shaq. He kind of revs up as the season goes along. So you get what you pay for. You knowing you're going to get top-10 value with Jokic. Yeah. So I always try to prey on that owner that's maybe freaking <laughs> out and try to throw some two-for-one deals but in, in a reasonable sense. But... No one really gives up because they kind of understand, especially if they listen to you in your podcast. You tell them the whole Jokic. Yeah. It's kind of hard to get those those players off those teams. But yeah, Jokic is he has a four pack now. We'll see if he's yeah. the best thing on there. So so we'll see how they handle their. Um, you know, they're probably going to wind up in the three seed. They have uh, they could they could definitely catch the Clippers though. Throwing one and a half back, so that my, would be my, interesting. So. The crazy thing is, okay, seating and whatnot and home court advantage, but how does that work when there's nobody in the, the, the state? Right, like that? yeah, that's interesting too. And I've even said that I think that the NBA wants the quote-unquote you know, road teams to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, taking that away from Denver is interesting too because so, they are 25-8 exactly. at home. And, yeah, um, that's you know, one of the best records, if, if not the best home record in the NBA. Oh no! Excuse me. Um, the Bucks are twenty-eight and three, which is not a surprise. Sorry to Milwaukee fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just because they're good. Like yes. I don't really, like they're twenty-five and nine on the road. So you know that's and uh, Denver is eighteen and fourteen on the road. So a pretty stark difference. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So not having that, I think that maybe that hurts them a little bit. Possibly. Possibly. I mean, we'll see what this all this time off how people get back in shape, rev up, and how to react to restarting the season. How. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Do, do they get a was it 22 games to rev up for the playoffs? Or how's that? Oh work? no, eight, eight. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, all right. So yeah, it's all gonna right. be super quick. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's. Uh, well, I'm sure the guys are gonna sit too. You know. Yeah. Like I feel like once they have shown that they're kind of in shape, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they only play four or five games. Because mm-hmm. I mean, they're not gonna have those stretches where they're gonna take four or five days off. You know, it's gonna be. They're going to try to go every other day as fast as they can. You know, it was crazy. Um, we had to, Obviously, we had to cancel our season, but we just were unsure. And say if we did keep our season up, it was like it would still be unfair because we know people are going to take advantage of rest knowing that they're already in the playoffs um, and certain teams are already out. But it was just like it really crippled. Like we were, at, we were in a, uh, a bind because we didn't know how long this was going to last. Yeah. And, and we didn't know if we were going to – I had to tell the, uh, the commissioner to say, hey, shut down the waivers. We can't be grabbing mm. folks because it, there was potentially KD might come back. Clay might come back. Who knows, you know, but uh, the way they have it set long, up. There's a long list oh, of guys. DeJounte was banged up before. He, he got cut in a couple leagues. Don't remind me of John, Jonathan Isaac. You're opening old wounds. Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, where, where, do you, where do you think he's going to go? I've, I've said I have him as a second rounder, late second. Jonathan Isaac? Yeah. Uh, depending on the team construction, um, and that's a cop out to say. But I'm sure you've probably heard me say my dream start is Trey Bam Isaac, right? Yeah, that's like the scoring all defense. Yeah, you cover like, so many bases with that, and pretty good percentages. 
Uh, Jonathan Isaac last year, oh man, he was so he was a, a quintessential three and D, but did a little bit more. It was just like it was D and D. He was the best defensive yeah. player for steals and steals. Lots. Yeah. Oh my god, I loved it, and and he's gonna get better. But it was unfortunately his season was cut short with that knee injury, and my team. The way it was constructed suffered. Oh my yeah. god! Every team I know that had Isaac, they just went. Bruh. I like didn't realize how much he was contributing. What's up? I didn't realize how much he was contributing until I lost him, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm like losing in categories that I was really strong in, and I was like, "Okay, I have to find two or three players that fit what Isaac was doing on the peripheral stats." Yeah, it's December stats. He was like elite. I think like he was two point three blocks, one point nine steals, something like that. And guys to have that over a season is like a list of like four dudes. It's like Hakeem, I think the Admiral once, and uh, Karolinko, and I think somebody else. I'm forgetting, but yeah, he was he was so good. Uh, shifting gears, talk a little. I did a little Jalen Brown deep dive. The last deep dive I did got a little sidetracked with shoes. Um, so he was really bad at fantasy coming into this season, and all of a sudden he blossomed into really a top 75 guy because he shot the ball better, made free throws. And, you know, his defensive sets never really there, but his efficiency was huge. And a couple of things that stuck out were Kemba Walker apparently helped him a lot because he was hyper-efficient when he played with Kemba. Um, and then also he improved his free-throw shooting on the road um, significantly. It was about a 20% decrease or increase, excuse me, from last year to this year on the road. Uh, and then also a uh, hat tip to um, a guy who writes for Basketball Index. He had mentioned that, Jalen Brown wasn't on ball defending as much in 2019-20 compared to 2018-19 when he really was. And 2018-19, he was just horrible. You know, he wasn't even worth owning in most leagues. So uh, I'm kind of buying Jalen. Um, if you do, if you are able to start, like I said, with that point guard, big, big, or big, big, or you know, point guard, point guard, whatever you want to do, there are so many wings you could get in rounds like five, six, seven, eight, nine that could really fill out the middle of your roster, and Jalen certainly fits that mold as a guy who could kind of not really be excellent in certain areas, but he's not really going to hurt you if he can kind of keep it the way he was going. And I think he can do it. I, I believe so, too, and, and I went into this past season not believing in Jalen Brown mm-hmm. because his play did not reflect his draft status. And in a few drafts, I was with uh, Celtic homers, and I thought they were reaching for him and Tatum, and I was I was proven wrong. I was like, yeah. Jalen Brown is really good. Um um, and there was a whole thing when we were trying, the Lakers were trying to trade and say whose pieces were better, the Celtics pieces with Jalen Brown and Tatum or Lonzo and this, that, and that. And I was like, I don't know. I like Brandon Ingham. I think they're better than him. But now Jalen Brown and Tatum are emerging as, as real go-to superstars. And Kimba, when Kimba's on the court, I mean, he's, he's a savvy vet. He understands the system and, and I think they work in unison. And I'd be curious to see how far Jalen Brown can take his game going into next year. Yeah, he really improved at the rim. Um, he really improved on just shot selection and taking, you know, uh, more threes as well, which was kind of a, a Achilles heel for him too. So um, that was big time. And honestly, he's been so impactful off the court. It's kind of crazy to think about that, like, his dynasty value is, like, kind of a little bit worrisome because, you know, after this four-year, 119, I think it is, extensions up, like, I could seriously consider consider him – you know, being an activist and, you know, using his platform more in that way than on the court. Like, even uh, Sean Grand, great play-by-play announcer, often breaks news. He was saying that Jalen Brown's impact off the court is going to be a lot better. Brad Stevens said the same thing. So it's kind of – and I joke about this with LeBron, too. Like, if LeBron runs for president, you know, his dynasty value isn't as good. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's just crazy how this like fantasy. There's just so many ways you could think about stuff. But yeah, just ma- major props to Jalen Brown for how he's been uh, just a, a great voice against racism. Put put it like this: as a Laker fan, I was considering getting the Jalen Jalen Brown jersey, <laughs> nice. and that's huge for me. Yeah, yeah, so, I got on. I got a, I got a black one. That's uh, I'm I can't wait for the right occasion to wear it. But uh, it's I'm pretty pumped about that. Uh, that was my that replacement about- for not getting my thirteens. <laughs> it speaks volumes. A black Celtics jersey. That's layers to that. Yeah, got to got to get it. Um, so let's move on here. Uh, injury news. Uh, Lamarcus Aldrich. He is out. The shoulder injury that was kind of bugging with him. He had that surgery a while ago. So the Spurs kind of kept it quiet. Put the news out when the games are back on. So he's out of here. Um, big takeaway here is Trey Lyles. He was really good. Um, and that if you remember Aldrich, he kind of aggravated an injury. We were wondering, like, he was only supposed to miss one, and he aggravated it. So, uh, Trey Lyles, really out of nowhere, he was second on the team in minutes during that six-game stretch at 33 minutes per game, averaged 14 points, six boards, 1.3 steals, 2.23. So, you're talking about a guy who, you know, 20, what's that, 25, 26 fantasy points for DFS. He's going to probably be pretty cheap. Um, I don't know how savvy... DK and Fanduel are going to be for him, but he's going to be a guy that I could see playing good minutes, especially you know the Spurs. They're probably know their chances aren't really good, so uh, I think they've been able to play him and see kind of what he has. So he's a guy that definitely you, know, you start with here to help replace Lamarcus. I agree, um, but Trey Lyles is a big tease, you know. Unless there's an <laughs> injury, you can't really depend on Trey Lyles for anything else. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I always I thought the Spurs were going to approach a. a a committee uh, of of array of players when yeah. one of their stars went down, but you know Trey Lyles did step up. He had some uh, some uh, pops, gaudy stats on certain games, but you know it, it was always shaky. So you just didn't. I just didn't know what you were getting, and I didn't want to take a chance based on my league, based on your league. If you got a moves limit, and you got to depend on Trey oh, Lyles, yeah. so that 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 comes into that. But if Lamarcus is calling in a season and with the rotator cuff and the wrist. Um, we, we'll see where it goes, man. It, it's sky's the limit for Trey Lyles. In that yeah, uh, definitely. You know, I don't know if there's going to be any sort of fantasy season now. I mean, there'll be postseason. Yeah. But um, that'd be interesting to see if someone could put together a little plan to run this little eight-game, you know, mini fantasy season uh, on the site. I feel like there's an opportunity there. Um, but, I mean, dude, so many people are going to want to play DFS. It's going to be insane. Yeah, um, yeah, and just to add to that, uh, DeMar DeRozan, you know, he is pretty much a, a ball hog. Uh, without LaMarcus, he averaged 23 points per 36, six assists per 36 without LaMarcus. Um, you know, just really, really gaudy numbers. He's going to be pretty productive. Uh, and also, um, the homie DeJounte Murray, who donated 500 secrets in Seattle, by the way, so props to him. Um, he has pretty good stats without LaMarcus with DeMar as well. Uh, he's at 16, seven boards, six assists, 2.3 steals. That is tasty per 36. Uh, he was red hot. He was being an early round guy before the injury. Um, so he's got time off. We've seen him dunking on kids, you know, what, about three, four weeks ago. So he should yes. be healthy. Um, you expect him to probably get more minutes next to Derek White, uh, especially because without LaMarcus, obviously you think about front court. But Pop also played a lot smaller. He played really small three and four. So I think that's going to open up maybe some Lonnie Walker. You mentioned Lyles. Uh, I, I think that maybe. Uh, we could see some, a little bit of Eubanks. Um, that's kind of where... And I want to see some Kelvin Johnson, too. Uh, a guy who had some bright spots in Summer League. 
Um, but yeah, there's in that eight game stretch there could be some some value to be had on the Spurs, uh, especially for DFS. Those those punt plays um, definitely look at the San Antonio. I have uh, Kelvin Johnson on my uh, keeper league. He, nice. He, he sits on my he sits on my bench, so I'm hoping something pops off because I I own Keldon and Derek White in that league. So nice. we'll see how that you want goes. to you want Demar to wave his player option and bounce. That would be huge for you. That yes, exactly. That would be huge for my keeper league for sure. <laughs> yeah, I would take Dejounte probably third round if that happened. I'm, mm. I'm all in on Dejounte. Even even if he's still there, I'm still going to take him probably fifth. Uh, anything you want to add here on the Spurs? Or do you think I covered it? I think you got most of it. Cool. You got most of it. Um, so we've got news that the Rockets are going to run nine-man rotation. And a lot of teams really don't have total locked-in rotations after their top six, seven-ish guys, I feel like. But one team that really does is the Raptors. Uh, and that's why we saw Van Vliet. Norman Powell just totally bust out. Siakam, obviously. Um, those and Lowry, obviously, too, just playing 40 minutes a night. Those guys are just so, so valuable in fantasy. So um, going into the playoffs, does that make them, for DFS, I mean, they're kind of capped out, right? Like we see playoff rotations where guys, you know, get their minutes increased. Those guys who are playing 32 minutes are playing 35, 36, and maybe even more in some situations. So like Raptors, if you're playing DFS in playoffs, you're not going to be quite seeing the increase that some of the other guys may see um, with added playing time. I agree. Um, throughout the season of last year, I was surprised that like the play of Norman Powell, even mm-hmm. when Van Fleet was on the floor, uh, we had spots of uh, Boucher coming out when mm-hmm. uh, Ibaka was out. Um, I was even surprised to see uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson getting making some noise. So they they ran a kind of a tight rotation, um, but most of the time some of the bigs would pop off when there was an injury to one of the starters. But yeah. I, being an owner of Norman Powell, did not know how long his his streak of just scoring and, and having good fantasy numbers would, would uh, continue with the play of Van Fleet still on the floor, Kyle Lowry still on the floor, and the rest of the starters. But it seemed to, it seemed to work. So um, if, the, if the Raptors are going with a nine-man rotation, I think it'll work. I think going forward that they, they are a cohesive unit where everybody knows their position and plays a part. But in DFS or in fantasy, you can, you can depend on certain players at certain times depending on who the team is playing and what injury is occurred to whatever starter in that rotation. So, And, and Norman Powell shot 59% on twos, which is ridiculously good for a perimeter player, even better than Ben Simmons. I think it's the best among guards with um 75 plus two pointers uh i think what is it a uh, couple duncan robinson has a higher percentage made but he has he shoots all three so he only has like 40 52 point shots or something like that but um the duncan robinson in the last two months of the season was ridiculous too by the way but um and then to add to that so like westbrook's minutes were managed a little bit uh obviously we saw him sitting in the back-to-backs but his minutes were down a little bit so westbrook was insanely good uh he was leading the western conference in scoring from January 1st and on, Bradley Beal, the only player better than him. Just insane. I wrote about him um, a month ago. I don't even know um, how much better he is on twos and shot selection. So, dude, Westbrook, man, if if he gets up to the 40 minutes range, because um, yeah, he's he's, te- he's technically under 36, 35.9, but getting Westbrook up to, like, you know, 38, 40 minutes, I mean, he is going to have some gaudy fantasy playoff numbers. I agree. I agree. Uh, Westbrook's yeah only downfall is usually what the percentages, right, and turnovers. But yeah, but not lately though, because well, turnovers are going to kill him. But yeah, he was. Um, I think from January first on, I think he was like tenth in field goal percentage value. If you're going just off that um, per basketball monster, 
because big volume, shooting over 50% is huge. Um, so, yeah, he, he made free throws. Like Jalen, he struggled on the road the last two seasons when he dipped, but he mm-hmm. shot better on the road this year. So, um, yeah, all he checks every – he was probably one of the most interesting deep dives I did because Westbrook was a guy I wasn't quite – usually I have a uh, kind of a, an opinion on where I want to draft guys when I write these. But Westbrook was just like, okay, I want to write about him. And, yeah, I came out of it like, okay, I kind of want to draft Westbrook despite, you know, the four or five knee surgeries on the same knee. Um, but it's crazy. Without that, If that Pat Beverly injury never happened, like, Westbrook would be the most one of the most durable players. Like, he never pulls muscles. Um, you know, he doesn't really sprain ankles too much. He has a dent in his face and only misses, like, a game or two. Um, so, yeah, that dude's just made for fantasy when he's, when he's rolling. Well, yeah, yeah, I was going to say um... – yeah, outside of the, the the knee injury, you went in to drafting Westbrook, knowing how your construction of it. it's almost like you're going to punt something. Mm-hmm. So like you had the Ben Simmons uh, Westbrook combination or something like that. If depending on where you fell, you would be killing in points, rebounds, and assists. Mm. But obviously, you'd be down on what free throws and turnovers or something like that. Yeah, but, the last uh, two years, yeah, he would basically kill you in three categories, and I helped, and not basically four. He wouldn't really make threes either. Yeah. So he's basically dead in four categories, stellar in three, or yeah. even four. He's a good steals guy. So it's yeah, it's like you said, total rush, roster construction. But if, if he continues to shoot the way he does, and I think he can, uh, because it's also, if you read the column, Capella. Like when Capella went away, he, and even before Capella went away, like his splits on off with Capella are like night and day. He's just so efficient without without Capella. So this new rotation with five out has just really made his his strengths even stronger. So you think the, uh, the the there will be a shift in how we view Westbrook going into next year? I, I, I'm buying, man. Um, I think if you know he's he's not he's probably so I said this in, in the column. If he has his, his knee cleaned out, he's probably like 15, 16, 17, where you know where you draft next year. But mm-hmm. if he doesn't, then maybe he plays in back to backs, and maybe we see him you know get the thirty six minutes again, um, not be managed, and this and that. Uh, and you could take him, you know, 10, 11, 12. You know, if, if I, if again, if you knew he wasn't having surgery, I'd take him over Luca, um, which may be a hot take, but I, I'm pretty sold on this two and a half month of sample size uh, of what we saw from him um, when he really turned it on to, to really understand how the Rockets, and you could see it like pretty much the, it was one game before New Year's when you like the splits are so crazy. Um, where he's just fixes fixes shot selection, uh, and yeah, it's, I def- he's going to be you know chalk city, um, especially when they play like faster teams and everything like that. I think Westbrook's going to have some really big fantasy stats. The rest I'm of buying, the I'm buying, I'm buying since especially after Capella got traded. So yep. I'm, I'm definitely buying. So um, just wanted to make that clear. <laughs> know what you're getting yourself into with Westbrook, but if the the narratives change with his shot selection or his percentages then you may be getting some, depending on when you draft and people still feel a certain type of way about Westbrook you may be getting Westbrook at a value yeah. and Harden's draft. Harden's in shape too he was uh he one of the hikes I do I think he was on Lone Butte uh mountain by my house in Phoenix um you know he's he's in he's in good shape too so he's going to be ready for 40 minutes as well so those two guys with a bunch of low usage players around him um you know they're going to feast man I think they're you could play them both and just attack those games, whoever they play in the first round, or obviously in the quote-unquote regular season. Yeah, yeah. Harden looked like a castaway member. <laughs> <laughs> Super bearded, skinny version of Harden. This is what what world are we living in? Yeah, exactly. 
Um, Malik Monk also got reinstated. I don't really have much to say, but that was surprising to me. Uh, I thought he was going to be out for a bit, but uh, I guess he you know checked all the boxes for what what they wanted. So props to him. Uh, he was playing pretty well before that too. Uh, so. Um, I was gonna say, how long is Tyreek Evans out, and what, oh, what dude, was he yeah. out? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let that one go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's probably like, done. He's he's probably done, but it's good to see Malik Monk's back. Whatever it was, he got caught with. They yeah. maybe limit the stance based on uh, how the season's been going, but good to see him back. He had some uh, he had some good games, man. He, I picked yeah. him up and off the the waiver wire a couple times because uh, he was just floating out there. But uh, Malik Monk was, is, is an amazing player, and he can re- he show it, he didn't show it in his first year and a half, but then he started to pick it up. And I think this is his third year, right? Yeah. Other yeah. than that, he had like his rookie season. He had like a hot five game stretch where he scored twenty one points per game. But after that, it was pretty much a disaster. Like Dwayne Bacon was ahead of him. All like obviously Devontae Graham, you know, pretty much carved out his role because Monk couldn't take it, um, which is why he got so many minutes as a you know their two point guard Linus, whatever you want to call it. Um, so yeah, um, you know, big shot selection change from him too. So that was good to see. Uh, a couple other things: uh, muscle watch for Karis Levert. Um, some some pictures floating around of him getting yoked, uh, and he had a very hot 16, 16 game stretch before he took a break. Uh, you know, hit, spitting sixteen bars, um, twenty four. <laughs> so, like he's a uh, he's big L man, Levert. Um, twenty four points. 4.8 boards, 5.3 assists, 1.7 steals on 45% from the field, 80% from the line. Uh, obviously, still no Kyrie. He's going to possibly be there as an inactive player. Durant has said he's done. So he is full go for using him in DFS when we return. Um, and then, yeah, even... Well, next season, though, you're going to have to... Which it pains me to say, you're going to probably have to fade him to maybe last-round flyer because I just don't think... He needs offense uh, to be productive, so... Uh, taking that away, he'll be losing assists. He'll be losing, obviously, scoring. Uh, and he's not like a dominant percentages guy. So he's going to be I really mean, tough to draft next year. But as far as you know, the remainder of this season, hopefully they can maybe make it seven games against whoever they go against. But, yeah, I think Levert, uh, especially if they put – he had that big game against the Raptors too. So you know, maybe he can kind of keep that mojo going as well. Yeah, that big game pushed me out of, uh, of a win. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, what would it take? A, a Dinwiddie trade or – him getting traded for yeah. him to be relevant again? Yeah. Um or or an injury, you know, if if Kyrie or KD missed time, which obviously Kyrie's missed what 26 games per season over his last 5 games I believe or 20 something like that. But um yeah, um that'll have to do cuz again, he's his steals are up. His, I thought his his steals like always looked to be better than they were going to be and it took a while for it to come around. Like he was so empty on steals for so long. Preseason we saw a big spike in steals. And then, yeah, this 16-game stretch, 1.7 steals is pretty good and, you know, just 33 minutes a game. So, yeah, um, he he needs to be on um, either a different version of this Nets team or on another team. You know, his contract is so friendly uh, for teams and cap situations, and teams maybe wanting to look at that. So it would be interesting to see if they could, you know, get – we've seen the Bradley Beal rumors, and I'm sure there will be other rumors as well. But, yeah, as far as the situation next year, it's not exactly rosy. Yeah, make make the Nets fantasy relevant again. <laughs> nice. Um, they'll they'll have. Are you, would you draft Durant? By the way, I I am full in. I'm in on Durant. I oh think, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, definitely will da- draft Durant. Definitely uh, will draft Cat too. So yeah, okay. So good segue. So uh, we got some news on Cat. Um, you know they're calling it positive. They're giving him space. 
uh, supporting him emotionally. Obviously, his mom passing away from COVID-19. He was out there with Steven Jackson uh, protesting the murder of George Floyd. And, yeah, they're going to pass along more details when they can. And Kat's going to be kind of polarizing, I think, because he was Mr. Indestructible for how he would never miss games. And then, you know, the knee and the wrist really, really put a big dent uh, into anyone who drafted him. If you drafted Cat and you somehow were top three or four in your standings, um, you had one heck of a draft. But, yeah, I'm not souring on Cat. Um, he's still really, um, you know, top four to me. Um, you know, this. A guy that just dominates on the stat sheet, you know, doesn't really hurt you anywhere. Uh, I'm still, I'll still be drafting Cat pretty aggressively next year. Same. Um, I, I think was it last year? Uh, I drafted him and he, he had a kind of a, a slow start, and mm-hmm. he revved up, and um, it didn't look like his stats were equatable to where I, 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 I drafted him. However, the narrative. This year going in because he's quote unquote now he's injury prone after such a stellar yeah. career of not being injury. People are siren on him and I'm just like, okay, you guys do that. If yeah. he falls to me, I'm taking him. If I'm in the top five and Cat falls to me, uh, depending like if top one or two, I'm probably not going to take Cat. But yeah. top five definitely taking Cat. Top four, I'm probably taking Cat. Yeah, I think that guy. it's pretty universal that Harden's one. Do you agree? Yeah. And then no, I yeah. think I think the consensus is AD is two. Yes. And then you're looking at your cats, your dames, your Jokic's. Yes. Um who who else is in that? Uh that's uh, that's kind of that's kind of it. For, Trey uh it's kind of in that mold. Yeah, Trey. Curry Trey, if you're feeling are you, would you draft Curry? If uh in a 10 to 12, I'm drafting yeah. Curry 6 between 6 and 8. Oh, you like him 6 to 8? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I like him like 9 to 12. I'm just I'm so turned off cuz he is he has so many like Cat just has basically two big injuries. Curry mm-hmm. has so many little ones. In this ankle, we joke about the Doritos ankles. It's just getting up there in age uh, just concerns me so much for a guy that's you know has multiple. And I wrote uh, every deep dive I do. I break down everybody's injury history. Um, yeah. And yeah, if I did one for Curry, dude, it would take me so long to do that. <laughs> so, well, we also got to realize he's he's what thirty two years old. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, I think he's be thirty three next year or something like that. He's getting mid thirties, man. It's crazy. Yeah. He's the oldest out of the trio, so yeah, yeah. So, so really, see, but Harden, besides Harden, um, it's tough to kind of go. And Westbrook, I said, who's you know he has that knee thing, but yeah, he just turned thirty-two, so he'll be you know thirty-two and a half-ish when the season starts up again. Right on, right on. But yeah, no, I mean, well, Cat's up there. Cat to me still has great value in the yeah. top five. Um, I wouldn't sour too much on his this yep. recent injury uh, string, and I don't think owners should be too. Yeah, I think pretty much everyone I talked to, for at least in the Rotorworld crew, we're all like the same. You know, it's just like injuries happen. It's not like he had surgery or anything. Well, uh, for the knee, I mean, for the knee. But um, yeah, he should he should be good to go. All right, anything else? No, I think that's it. All right, so we're out of here on that. You guys take care, and this is awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you having me.